Hi guys. Just getting started, getting our multiple views going. We're on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and Twitter Live. You don't have to look at the backwards banner anymore. Only some of the feeds have a backwards banner, but not all of them. Sign back on, guys, and get started to the Ultra Perform Show. This is why actors don't do a lot of live stuff because things can go wrong. Yeah, whatever will can go wrong. Though. Yeah. We have lighting today. We have like new lighting, actual lighting, Yay. new background, so you don't have to look at the backwards thing. Always progressing. That's how I see it too. Adapting and progressing. Exactly. Progressive <coughs> inside is a good thing. Well, positive progression. Positive progressive. Well, that's up to interpretation, right? Yeah, it is. So you are listening to and watching the Ultra Live Show, the show about business and life, performing your best at business and life. I have a little technical difficulty here. I'll fix, guys. Here we go. If this one doesn't work, we'll have to go without the... the Instagram. Instagram's having a problem. It's the only one that has a problem for some reason. Same connection, but it has the problem. I'm here too. Well, we're having technical difficulties today, but let's get started. Today on the Ultra Perform show, you might hear that ringing occasionally here and there as I try to get our radio working. Um, we have a very special guest today, Daniel Carter. Daniel is a composer and producer. He began composing around the age of 10. How tall were you at the age of 10? Uh, I don't know. I think I hit five foot when I was about 12. Oh. So I was a little under tall. that. Yeah. Okay. I was a little Great. tall. Not that it matters, anything to do with the show. <laughs> um, he was published, and at the age of 21, he was published. During his career, he was published in over 500 pieces of music. That's crazy. 500 pieces of music. His uh, uh, choir work, right? Yeah, choral works, yeah. Yeah, choral works, Come Unto Him, was recorded by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and soared a number one status on the Billboard's Classic 100. And the first week of its release in June of 2011, his newest project, Artaban, mm -hmm. And the other wise man, the musical, is, is a new holiday show that donates a portion of its tickets and sales to help the homeless. Um, now, what is uh, the top? What is the Billboard's Classic 100? What is that? Billboard runs the top 100 pieces, and they have different categories: R&B, pop, you know, etc., etc. And on their on their classical music, when uh, the Tabernacle Choir released their it's called This is the Christ CD. And my piece, Coming to Him, was recorded on that CD. And uh, 
after its release, within a week, it soared to number one status on the classical charts. Mm. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't was... just my piece, it was the entire album that carried the weight, but I got to be a part of it. That was that was a really cool thing about it. So how many uh, how many classic classicals are there? Uh, and they come out. I mean, how often do they come out? Well, there's... I didn't even know there was a classical billboard, but it makes yeah, sense. There is, because <clears throat> Uh, all the major composers, the classical composers, they continue to be recorded by different groups and ensembles and whatever. And anybody who carries weight in the music industry, uh, whether it's classical music or pop, they can be nominated for Grammy Awards, they can be nominated for all kinds of things. And one of the things that, that does happen is that Billboard keeps a running tally of what rises to the top, what's listened to in sales, and what's listened to the most. Mm. And that CD went pretty fast. That's great. So yeah, that was really exciting because I, I didn't expect that. The Tap Choir had been re had performed it first in 1992, and uh, then finally recorded it in 2011. So there was a pretty big gap there. Mm. Great. Can you see the board? Yeah. Good. <laughs> we got to move it up. That's okay. So what? Uh, <clears throat> Where where are you now? Like we were talking about before the show started about uh, progression and adapting. Yeah. And you're excited now um, that so much is going on, but it's you've been doing this for twenty three years. Is that right? Yeah. The the other wise man project uh, is based on Henry Van Dyke's story of the other wise man, and uh, the the main character in there is his name is Arvin. And we actually retell the story in a little bit different way than Henry Van Dyke wrote it. And because Henry Van Dyke's story is very much an introspective, inward journey. Hmm. And it, so many people relate to that, particularly the Christian world relate to that, because it's a great Christmas story. And uh, uh, they, they repeat this story over and over and again. It's been tried as a... Uh, theater production more than once, and if you check YouTube, you'll see that Martin Sheen was in a film in the 80s. It wasn't ever very successful, and it's because of the difficulty of the story, this introspective approach. So we had to turn it into something that could, would work on stage, we had to tell it in a slightly different way. And so after performing it as a concert for off and on since 1994, then we finally got to a point where it says, you know, it really needs to be put on stage. And so this past year was that reinvention. I, I threw away basically all the music, all the score, all the orchestrations, and we started over. Hmm. And uh, now we, I think we have a pretty good show. We have a cast of about uh, between 25 and 30. <clears throat> wow. And uh, our stage director is very, very experienced. She's been doing this for about 30 years. And uh, the cast seems very excited about the storyline, about the music, about the whole message of the show. The message of the show is about uh, uh, paying it forward. This man, Arvin, has three jewels, a ruby, sapphire, and pearl, and uh, he intends to give this to the baby Jesus. He never makes the connection, thinks he's a complete failure, but he winds up giving these three jewels away to save other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, the, the, we have atheists, agnostics, Christians and, uh, in the cast, and they all seem to really 
I've asked the atheist, for example, why do you want to be a part of this project? I like how it's the atheist. Like, did you yeah, which is sort of like did me. You have like a, did you have like a uh, prerequisite? Oh, we need one atheist. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we didn't have any prerequisites. But it did turn out pretty good. So I asked these uh, atheists in our cast, I said, what, what, what appealed to you? I said, well, the message. The message, message is a human message. It's about paying it forward, it's about the love of mankind. This uh, Persian nobleman mm -hmm. goes on a journey to find a Jewish uh, a baby who's supposed to be royalty, Jesus, the Messiah, supposedly, and uh, <clears throat> misses the connection, winds up serving all people that he comes across, regardless of race, religion, culture, whatever, and it becomes a really cool pay it forward mm -hmm. story. And that, that was their interest in it, and that's why we think Christmas is a great holiday. It appeals to more than just Christians. There are a lot of people who celebrate Christmas. And we thought, you know, maybe this would work. And so, as a concert, it worked very, very well. We had a great following. And so now we're going to try this as stage musical. Off the wall subject, because you were talking about religion. Do you think if Muslims celebrated Christmas that we'd all get along better? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think that's kind of beside the point. I think the more that you understand about another human being, it, we can be threatened by anything. Any other person's beliefs could threaten us mm -hmm. just because we don't believe in them. But when you get down to the really basic things about what connects a human being to another human being, they're usually the same things. It's love, mm -hmm. it's the sense of being safe and connected to another human being, but that transfers across the board. Holidays are just special events. They're designed to bring people together Christmas is a great way of bringing uh, people together. But so is Ramadan, and so is Hanukkah, and so are all these other things. Sure. Have, sure. These traditions, you know. Well, I do notice when I travel that people are the same everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's cultural differences, but they get upset. They might get upset about different things sometimes. They get moody. They have the same concerns whether we're here in America or Egypt or Paris. Exactly. You know, there's different cultural social behaviors that vary, right? If you don't do this, it might upset someone, but they act, we act all the same. We do. Human it's beings always act like human beings regardless of the religion. Mm. Because there's a faction of the, of, of the human population that's always going to be prone to being more fundamentalist. You find that in every religion. You find that among personality types. And you'll find that um, all this mixture of people it's kind of good for us. I think that what we believe is that we want people to all, to everyone to think the same as we do. But um, if we did that, if we came to that, I think we'd be so bored out of our minds because there's no variety, there's no way out of this box of thinking. But what we really should embrace, I think, is our diversity, our differences. Because it makes us think, it makes us create more, it makes us think outside the norm. It, it helps us to become I think better people overall. Great. Cool. Technical difficulties on the radio. <laughs> Those of you that listen to our radio show, apologies, but we're having some technical difficulties and I'm working on it. If you're wondering, why is he always on the computer? I'm also producing the show at the same time, and that's just kind of how it is. Um, your finger. Tell us about your finger. Oh, you yeah. Piano. I have a short index finger. You don't even notice it. 
And yeah. I didn't notice it. I didn't go, oh, this guy's missing part of his finger. Like, oh, I, read it. I read it on our, our yeah. form, but I didn't uh, notice it at all. Well, when I was five, my brother was four at the time. Uh, my parents owned a butcher shop. Mm. And this is in rural Idaho. And uh, Tim, my brother Tim and I, would help mom around the, the butcher shop. And we had this big industrial meat grinder. And every time, every time she'd flip the switch off, I would put my fingers in the front plate where all the stuff was coming out and clean it out. Oh. And my mother saw it. She goes, oh my God, don't do that. You get your fingers cut off. Well, I disobeyed. I didn't listen to mom. And so I, when she wasn't looking, I put my finger in. And then she didn't check to see that our fingers were gone, were out, and she flipped the switch on and she got us both. Oh, both of you at the same both time. Both at the same time, and, and so everyone thinks it's kind of a tragedy when they hear it, but it's we think of it as more of a comedy of errors now. And so uh, my brother Tim has fingers isn't quite as short as mine, and uh, he wound up growing a really really ugly fingernail, and they took a skin graft off the inside of his leg and put over the end. And so we went through puberty, and he grew leg hairs out the end of his finger. <laughs> so, so it's really disgusting, and he's really, really proud of his disgusting finger. He just thinks that's the coolest thing to this day. To this day. Yeah. Wow. So that's the story of the finger, and then I wound up being a musician. So he makes a joke, pull my finger, you should look at it first. <laughs> yeah, don't touch that thing, no. <laughs> so, but... Um, so now I'm sort of a pianist. I'm supposed to be a pianist. I guess I should say I really am a pianist. But uh, some of my teachers in the past would say, well, how do you do this with nine and a half fingers? And I, I don't know, I just do this. So it's, it was never really a big problem. And I think the reason is because I was quite young when it happened. Mm. So, so that's the finger story. Well, tell us about the playing the piano though. I mean, yeah. you, you said you're a great pianist. Well, I, I, they didn't want me in college. They didn't want me to be a music major because I wasn't a great pianist. Because I grew up in a poor family and music lessons were kind of sparse. I think I had a total of maybe about two years or so before I got to college. When I got to college, I said, you know, you don't have the skills, you don't have the training, you can't do this. But I was composing. And so I just continued and continued and continued and I kept up with my classes and everything else and eventually after being published they started taking notice of what I was publishing and they said hey you know this is pretty good stuff and in my mind I'm just going well duh I mean it's not that I think I'm brilliant it's just I kind of felt that I needed to do this and I, I needed to pursue this mm. I tell people in a funny way I was just too stupid not to give up I really needed to compose for something so that's what I kept doing and then it eventually paid off so the moral of the story there is we're all going to ha have resistance. We're all going to have people who may put us down for whatever reason. I don't think in the end they really want us uh, to be put down as much as they're trying to weed us out or make us stronger to continue. And it just made me want to press forward. Well, that's a very positive thing. Most of them, I think, are not doing that at all. I think, actually, we didn't talk about this earlier. We talked a little bit about this before the show. So we probably should raise our voices a little bit too. But, okay. Um, uh, that I think that a lot of the times what they do is that they are uh, putting 
their failures upon you because that's how they Projection. see things. Yeah. And I see that happen all the time when I'm up to something. I have to, I mean, you want other people's opinions, but you don't want everybody's opinion, really. No, you it's, don't. You don't. It becomes so really good. confusing. Yeah. Like someone, it becomes very confusing. You get all these thoughts and ideas. Sometimes people will press you, you know, for things, and they don't have the same vision or viewpoint that you have. And um, I mean, I'm kind of mixing a couple of things up. But I've noticed that uh, that's what they do. They tend to. It, it, it's like the line when someone's giving me some information. Uh, I'm saying information. That's a positive way to put it some criticism I didn't ask for, it's like, you gave up on your dreams. Don't try to get me to give up on mine. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's, it's the crab and the barrel thing. You've heard about the crabs yeah. in the barrel or in the bucket. So if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, what happens is the crabs eventually will start trying to get out. And when they, when they get right to the top, the other crabs grab them and pull them down. Yeah. Or it, or she, I forget, I think they're asexual. But anyway. They grab the crab and pull them back down. And I see that a lot of the time happen with humans or people. They, they're not thinking about it necessarily consciously. Oh, he can't pursue his dreams. It's just automatic. They have this viewpoint. Right. That, or if you don't look a certain way. Yeah. Not like if you're not wearing a suit, if you're not wearing a t-shirt today, or if your house doesn't look a certain way, I get that a lot. Mm -hmm. Or... So many things, and I just have to constantly explain. But you're here in my home. Like I yeah. get crap about my home all the time because it's half remodeled, half not. It's not a big priority for me. Right. Um, what's my priority is doing the show. Yeah. Or writing my book, or all the other, or spending time with my friends when they need me. And they come and hang out at my home that's not all remodeled, but they always criticize it. <laughs> not always, right? But it's yeah, on their thing. Hey, why don't you fix this? Hey. I so what they're doing is they're making certain assessments based on just appearances. Appearances, but it's their viewpoint. Right. And then that goes along with yeah, it goes along with hey, why did it take you twenty three years to right. get to where you are today? Yeah. Because it did. Yeah, it did. And why did you? What did you give up and on? That's and it's still along that line. Is what did you give up on your dream? Right. Yeah. It's hard. Just because it's hard doesn't make it wrong. It's an interesting thing to look at that timeline for anybody, because what I people will come to me and say, "Oh, I've got this project, or I've got this dream, or whatever," and I'm five years into it, and they're whining and they're moaning, and it's like, you know, I just can't seem to get any traction or or make any get any momentum with it. And so what I tell people now is, well, when you hit 22 years, come back and talk to me, because that's how long it's taken me. And I said, you know, there's there's something about abandoned hopes and broken dreams. And we all have them, but they don't go away. They never go away. They sit in your gut and in your heart, and they rot, and they make you angry and pissed off, and they turn to this kind of mush, and you and then and then you get bitter about it. Mm. But the thing that I've learned about all this is that that process, that timeline, became incredibly important. I went through some really really dark things in that 22, 23 years, but I think that it helped me develop a better show. It helped me write better music with more meaning, a deeper meaning, a more connected meaning between people that will connect people. And plus, these abandoned hopes and broken dreams, when you give up on them, it actually 
might be the right thing to do to give up only temporarily. What you're not doing is giving up. You're actually giving them a rest. And when you do that, you reset. And when you reset, your mind starts thinking of these creative ways to bring it all back to life. And what you learned. Exactly. Because you learn. I, I so it's, it's not a liability. It's it's actually a real gift that you that you came through all this stuff and you became stronger and you were able to develop a better product in the end because of that. So I I didn't give up on my I have a supplement line of supplements. That's why this right. show exists. And I have another show called Passionate Living with Adam, which is about health, wellness, exercise, peace of mind, living a passionate life. It's to promote wholeness. Wholeness. Yeah. I, I mixed healthiness. Healthiness, <laughs> my new word. Healthiness. That is the world. And I want to sell my supplements and make a, make a difference when people actually hear that. Because I believe if we're all healthy, the world goes much better. Oh, in I, so many I agree. So, I agree. I, my father was sick. He's been dealing with, I don't like to say forgetfulness, but it's been Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, and I worked with him for the past year. I, they actually they actually lived in this room for a few months. Oh, wow. Because um, we, we moved him to Egypt, and then more things happened. But it was quite an experience. So I had to sideline most things. Because mm -hmm. I decided, okay, if I have to spend a year of my life taking care of them, it's okay. Um, but in that time, now I'm coming back at, at much more zeal, and I know what I did wrong, what I didn't do, and I'm working on perfecting that. You know, because I know. Oh, look, 10 years of experience I have, I can apply yeah. to next year. Trial and error. If you, if you persist through trial and error, and you keep a passion about it, you can't help but win. Mm -hmm. I am so, so completely certain of that. And I think that that's evidence of what you're talking about. Well, I want to take back, and we'll look, we have some comments and questions. So we'll always look for comments and questions near the end of the show and try to address them if we can. If they're smart aleck, we might not address them. We might not even mention them. <laughs> it depends on if they're really intriguing. If they're fun. I might, have an, I might even have a smart aleck response. Yeah, 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 we might too. I do too. Oh, that's funny. Um, so... You said it sits in your gut, the uh, abandoned hopes and abandoned broken dreams. Yeah. Do you see that with the homeless and what? And you're donating a portion of your tickets to the homeless. Yes, I am. So, but do you see that with them? You think that's why people end up homeless a lot of the time? Well, you know, I went through, I went through two divorces, and I was married for a long time the first time, and only briefly the second time. So it was you three gotta say, you got like, how long? How long? Oh, 23 years the first time, and a year the second time. Year. And I have two adult children, and we were estranged. I mean, it was complicated, and I lost, I lost all my belongings both times, including the house, and mm. both homes, and it, it decimated me financially so much so I kept a full-time job, but I couldn't even really pay rent or anything else. And so, out of the kindness of these friends of mine, I was able to live with them. They were an elderly couple. They kind of needed me, and I kind of needed them. We took care of each other. Sure. So I was never homeless on the streets. But during that period of being down and out and working enormous hours and, and a couple of jobs to try to make things work, I met a lot of people. And I started listening to stories uh, by drug addicts, drug dealers, prostitutes, the homeless, and a lot of Do you of have homeless. some of those contacts still? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, but I'm never really? afraid to talk to anybody anymore. As a result of that, because the thing I learned was they have such compelling stories, and the the reasons 
are always compelling. The stories of their lives, the abuse that they faced, the, the addiction that their parents had, or whatever it is, the mental illness that they themselves have. In many, many cases, homeless people face a certain amount of, of mental illness to a great degree, perhaps over 70% of them face really deep mental illness, so much so that uh, the meds they feel are a deterrent rather than a help. They don't get the medical care that they need, and so they think that they're better off trying to survive on the streets by themselves. And to calm all this mental anguish, they often turn to drugs. Mm. So I listened to those stories very carefully from, from these people, and it really, I think it helped me become a little more understanding and a lot less judgmental. We all have our judgments for whatever reason, but it's something I try to keep working on to be less judgmental. So I think homelessness is a complex issue. I don't think it's because they gave up on anything in particular. I think that homelessness can cause people to give up on everything. And so, some of them have. And some of them have, yeah. I've met, so I've met some homeless people that like being homeless. They want to be homeless. Yes, they, they I have met like them too. the freedom of it. They do. Which I, I get when I get when talking to get the freedom that they're talking about. They don't have to go to work. They don't have to pay their rent or well, they're kind anything. Of, they're, in a way, they're kind of anti-society a little bit. They're disgusted with what's going on in society. They don't want to be really a part of that. So this is their way of pulling back and saying, yeah. I'm an independent person. I will live this way. It's kind of funny that he said that because you, in that statement, you see what's going on in society. Yeah. And that's why you're saying they see it and they're out. Because I feel like that sometimes too. I, I think we I try, do. I try to. You think everyone does? Well, some people are like well, right in the program. If, like, well, that's well, of course, everybody is to a degree. Not everybody, but a lot of us are to a degree. But when you start listening to the headlines every morning, and some of the horrendous stuff that we're facing, it can be pretty disconcerting. And it's like I'm unplugged. I can't deal with this. I don't listen to all the news. I make my own news. I listen to some of the, the news. Now, and I try to filter it, and it's not because I want to be in denial or uninformed. Mm -hmm. It's because I can't take that constant barrage of, of negativity that will actually affect my ability to keep going. Exactly. I work so hard exactly. on these goals and exactly. these dreams. That's why I do it. You can't. So you select, you select your, your... Well, they say that the, the five people that you associate most with, that's where you're going to go. So what are they doing in their lives, and who are they associating with? That's where you're going to go. And so if you want to achieve your, your goals and your dreams, you have to associate with those five people that are like-minded, and uh, that they're not going to bring you down. They're yeah. going to, they don't necessarily have to, you don't have to depend on them to move you forward. You have to find that motiva motivation. But they become the source of support for you in some way, in some mm -hmm. connect connected way. Yeah, and you have to look at, well, sometimes you have to disassociate yourselves from the friends that are holding you yes, back. Yes, you do. And sometimes you have to um, reassociate and change the relationship. That's, that's a, tricky. That is a tricky thing, because what I have learned is that people that I've had fallings out with, they circle back around eventually. Mm. And so what are your feelings about the person? And sometimes it is irreparable. Other times it's like, you know what, I was kind of a jerk. I need to claim that, own it, and say, it wasn't all them. I had a responsibility in it. And is there something that we can do?
do about continuing, or am I really done? Yeah. It is a choice. Yeah, like I have a friend that, you know, I mean, must have done this something seven times over and over again. We talked about it, and then wasn't friends for a while, and then he took you to dinner, and then, and I'm like, he's just kept doing the same thing over yeah. and over again. And yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's the scorpion uh, yeah. frog story. Oh, no, turtle. T turtle frog. Yeah. Um, turtle, scorpion. But uh, my friends, other friends are like, hey, make peace with them, and let's all get along. I'm like, I can't. I yeah. just can't do it. That's right. It's you, like, you, you can't do it. It's just like, Andrew, when he's a thief into my house again after he's robbed me a few times, mm -hmm. I just can't. I, I wish I could. Well. Yeah. Because there's qualities I love about him, but I just can't. So tell us about your show one more time, when, where, about okay. it, and uh, so, you said portion of the proceeds for the homeless? Yeah. There's an organization called Family Promise. It's a national organization, and they help homeless families get become stable again. And they have what they call a boot camp, and it takes about mm, 45 days to get through. What they do is they house these homeless families. They vet them out, make sure that there's no drugs involved, all these things. They're just down and out, and they'll take them and put them in churches, mm -hmm. and they'll have a host come in at night and stay there so that they're not out on the streets. And after and, and during this process, they have to meet all these requirements. They have to be out of the church like at eight o'clock in the morning, and they don't get to come back in, in until dinner time. Mm -hmm. But in that day, they have to do certain things. If they need certification for a job, they have to pursue certification, and Family Promise will help them do that. Um, they do a lot of things to help these families. Once they, get, once they get to boot camp, they can get into assisted housing, and they get stable with a job, and they begin paying it forward that way. And uh, it's it's a it really is a great program. Um, and so after working with them a little bit, I decided to take because of my experiences um, when I was down and out. I sort of understand this problem, not as complex and as well as a lot of people do, but I have some understanding. And now I'm in a place where I feel like I can start paying it forward, and that's what the other wise men project is about. Good job. Thank you. And so I take a portion of proceeds, donate it to Family Promise. There are other charities that we want to grow the show and donate to other charities as well. The show uh, runs November 29th this year through December 2nd, and it will be performed at Wasatch Junior High, which is at 3750 South, no, 3750 East, 3100 South in Salt Lake City. And, and if you don't remember where that is, just Google Wasatch Junior High, because it's that easy now. But it's even, you can. it's even better if you go to danielcartermusic.com, and you'll get all the information about the show, you'll get, you'll get to uh, feel of the storyline, you'll get to hear some of the music, you'll see some of the cast, you'll get all the information, you can order tickets there, all of it. It's all there at danielcardermusic.com. Great. So those are your options. Uh, and we'll also put it in writing a few days after the show. Like I said, repost and move it around. Cool. And tell us about the book. Oh. I just got this book from you. So I said, let's talk about it. When I, um, well, I inherited the family piano when I got to college. It was like... It's backwards on some, but there you go. It's... Uh, the piano is an old clunker. It was an old five-foot upright piano. And um, 
It was the only piano that we had. It, it was never tuned while I was growing up, but it was the only piano that we had. So I inherited it when I got to college, and I couldn't pay tuition. And so I wound up selling the piano to a friend, and she said that I could buy the piano back from her at any point in time for the same price that she paid for it, because I wanted the piano. But that opportunity kept sliding away, escaping further and further away from me. And my brother Tim, when he got into college, he had a pretty decent paying job. He wound up buying the piano back and giving it to me for Christmas. And so it's just a little heartwarming story. It tells the story of how we cut our fingers off and, and, <laughs> and there's even family pictures from 1970s. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If you want to see some bad hair, go to those pictures. Yeah. Well, it wasn't bad hair then. It wasn't. But at least I had more hair then. 20 years from now, you're like, oh, it was bad hair then. Yeah. It would be your least concern, right? If you're interested in the book, it's also available at DanielCarterMusic.com. There's a little shop button that you can press, and it's, it's on there. And it's very inexpensive. It makes a great little Christmas gift for five bucks. So. And thank you guys for watching. Uh, Keep your eyes out and ears for our show, Ultra Perform, Perform Your Best in Business and Life. Make sure you go check out his show or go to his website, Daniel Carter, Carter Music. Music. Dot com. Dot com. I keep wanting to say the other Daniel. Right. <laughs> I mean the other Daniel. Um, so DanielCarterMusic.com. And uh, tomorrow our show at 5 o'clock is with uh, Colleen Norris. Morris, Norris. Uh, at five o'clock tomorrow. I forgot what she's talking about, but I'm sure you'll see it pop up on your feed somewhere. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, Alta Perform Supplements That Kick. You can go to altaperform.com and check out our products. And also, Tyler's Coffee. It's so good. I drank it all. So go to tylerscoffee.com. And it's also available at Walmart. I have full packages too, but. These are the ones I've got. And those of you that listen to our uh, radio show will be taking the uh, audio from these videos and posting it up because we had some kind of technical difficulties and it didn't work. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash ultralife or you can go to iTunes or iHeartRadio. See you later. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching, guys.